That's a euphemism. That's a euphemism right there. Fed the chickens? Totally. Are we, are we good to go? We've been recording for like eight seconds now. I don't know. So you, you, we're going to have fed the chickens. Oh. Eat, drink, yeah. <laughs> eat, drink, smoke, where we eat the fine food, drink the fine bourbon, smoke the fine cigars. Tony Katz, April D. Gregory, Fingers Malloy. Good to see everybody back. And to celebrate, let us do a fine champagne. This is no joke. Corey, the owner of Blend Bar Cigar, where we record, said, Today, guys, we're doing, we're doing the wine flight. Literally has got us champagne. We're doing a white. We're doing a rosé. Uh, a triple. A triple feature today. We start with the champagne. This is uh, April D. Gregory's uh, love fest here. The Renard. R-U-I-N-A-R-T. The Renard Brut Blanc de Blancs. Um, this is from the actual Champagne. Champagne uh, region. This is the original. This is the oldest name in uh, uh, Champagne. The nose is a brioche bread, like kind of French toast, a bit of almond. Then you're going to, uh, on the palate, you're going to get honey, um, that kind of mineral feel that I think people kind of associate with, with, with champagne. Really? You understand champagne's a region, right? Yeah. Yes. Uh, but I've never, what did you say, almond Actually, and honey? You know what? Uh, well, honey on, 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 the, uh, on the palate, uh, French toast and roasted almond on the nose, and that's pretty, that's pretty on the nose. Smell that. When's the last time anybody ever checked the nose of their champagne? People just drink it like, oh, it's New Year's, and that's it. They don't treat it for, for what it is, which is a, a very well-crafted, well-put-together kind of drink. And you go for that nose, April D. Gregory. That's, I think French toast is an incredibly good way to describe that. That's are, are you a champagne toast. guy? No, not at all. But what I've, what I've become is more appreciative of understanding like, like what it takes to make it right. Now, I'm not going to be a guy who says if it's sparkling wine, it's not as good. None of that. There are things that you'll you'll find and you'll enjoy. But people don't take it. They'll take the time on wine and somehow champagne gets treated in this other category because they so rarely have it. But April D, you know it. From this podcast, she's no matter what bourbon we're doing, she's usually ending with a glass of champagne. I mean, that's not just because of affect. That's because you like it. Yeah. Is, is, is it's it, my is favorite it, thing to drink. Is it flavor? Is it is it texture? Honestly, is it the bubbles? It's the dryness and the bubbles. All right, the I combination. Because so. I also drink ciders a lot, but those are usually too sweet. Yeah. Uh, so this is, and it, it's. I mean, this has easier. sweetness. Yeah, it does. Yeah, for sure. But not like um, a cider. I get your point there. Yeah, and I mean, I wouldn't generally drink like even just a regular white r- wine or anything. But you'll like roast. order this out. You'll go out somewhere and you'll have champagne instead of a- an XYZ. I'll be at home and I'll open a bottle of champagne. Yes. We talked about this. I, In her refrigerator, <laughs> splits and splits of champagne. That's amazing. Yeah, no, I, I, I ordered champagne. I ordered some last night. I, yeah, I just, I drink it out. I drink it. I drink it like a lot of people drink wine. Yeah. I'll have a champagne instead of a wine. So I, I I can't say I've noticed it more and more like a growing trend, but I know you do. I know some other people do it. You should you should try them. I mean, have you have you tried the show? You're just doing the nose. Right? I, I've just done the nose. You right. know, uh, what? part of the biker gang, what we like to do is uh, drink some fine champagne after our ride. Mm, right. So. Okay. This is, I uh, just took the first sip. So it, it is, you understand you have that, that wine undertow, right? The the as you normally maybe feel about certain levels of, of 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 whites, and there are people who could do a far better on this on champagne, a far better description than me. 
But the conversation about honey, that is, it is right there. It, that's a really good description. This is, this is lovely. But it's not overly sweet. No. Now, I will tell you, I, can, I don't enjoy champagne overall. I feel it closes up my throat. Every t- I, d- I swear to you, it feels like it's so swallowing champagne is an odd experience. Like when you're allergic, allergic to peanuts and somebody just threw a planters down. No, your no, no, I'm not wallow. It's from Big Bang Theory. I'm just saying that <laughs> I'm just saying that when I, I and this has always been true. Hold on. Wait a yeah, it's just it's like it's like for whatever reason, the texture doesn't allow me to engage enough to, to, to swallow it down properly. I always feel like it's effort. With champagne. I don't know why. Like, right now I'm taking water. I don't know why that is. And it's why I don't, I don't drink it. I appreciate it for, for its flavor. And it's true that it gets put into this own kind of awkward category. But it's never been my drink. And it's not, I'm not even going to finish it, April, here. Oh. Here you go. Here you go. Oh, it's the best day of my life. <laughs> this is going to be, be our best podcast yet. I can't. Wow. I already yeah, can't. I already can't, can't say it. <laughs> That's how you know it's true. Um, but it, it is, don't get me wrong, it's lovely. Renard, R-U-I-N-A-R-T, uh, Champagne uh, Blanc de Blanc uh, is, is uh, the name of it and where you're going to find I it. i got to tell you, I'm pleasantly surprised. Is there something that's moving you? Uh, well, listen, uh, I would not go to a bar and order a glass of champagne. It's not my thing. I expected this to be almost uh, overwhelmingly sweet, and, but it's, it's crisp there's a little bit of, uh, for a back, lack of a better word, sweetness to it, but uh, it's pleasant, and there's, especially on a hot day like this. Yeah, right. So there's a bit of honey to it. I, I think there, you know, you mentioned cider. There's a touch of apple yep. uh, to that uh, right there. More than citrus, I would say apple uh, shines shines through. Um, and then there's just that, for me, that more standardized kind of simple white wine kind of kind of feel, but. It's just never been my texture matter. It's like why people don't like avocados, which always, as we've discussed, blows my mind. Um, but some people are totally opposed to the texture of avocados. It's that kind of thing for me. I it's don't just, believe those people have tried avocados. Of course they've tried avocados. No, people say they don't like it, but never tried it. I don't think, I, I, you think they're lying? You think there's yes. a huge lying avocado cabal? There is. Out there? There's an avocado closet that people don't want to come out of? Is that what you're yes. saying? Speaking of coming out of the closet... Best segue of my career, right there. Um, we'll get more into the drinks because we're going to get into the, the whites and the rosés uh, coming up. The Democratic leadership has come out of the closet on Representative Acacia Cortez, and they're all saying this woman is nuts. Now, this is not a political screed we're getting into. I want to share with you what's been happening over the last seven days that is just flabbergasting. With the Democratic Party. And it starts with, there, there's no doubt that Cortez and uh, Rashida Tlaib of Michigan and, and Ilhan Omar of, of Minnesota and Ayanna Presley of Massachusetts, they've got this little group. They're called the Squad. They now have a name. You know, Do they the, have t-shirts? I, I, I'm not sure. I, I am not sure. They're the Squad. Uh, and they are hyper-progressive. And they are really opposed to any type of working with the Republican Party or conservatives, right? They are, they are very much like the Trump supporters. It is 100% do or die. That's, I think that's totally true. I think it's a good way to put it. The problem is 
Um, Trump, at least, is successful at things, is the best way to put that. They have not been. They've introduced things. They've gone down these anti-Semitic roads, especially uh, Ilhan Omar and Rashida Tlaib. Uh, they've, they've, been, they've really shown themselves to be really ugly actors. Uh, and I'm not talking about how they look. I'm talking about and how they present themselves, uh, their, their policies, their attitudes, their demeanors. Um, it's, and, and that's just not me saying it. It's now the whole, really a, a large mass of the Democratic Party. Well, Speaker Pelosi is doing an interview with the New York Times. And it's all about the border. There was this border bill that the House had put out and Representative Omar and Representative Ocasio-Cortez and these others voted against it. The bill was about humanitarian aid for the border. It wasn't about giving Trump money for the wall. It was about making sure kids at the borders have beds because there's so many people coming to the border. They think they're going to apprehend a million people at the border this year. It's out of control. It was 133,000 people in the month of May. It was 98,000 people in the month of June. The numbers are staggering. And no, no, we can't keep up. We can't keep up at all, right? We just don't have the facilities. We don't have the manpower. Uh, it, it simply can't work like this. It's untenable. And the people in Congress who can fix it aren't fixing it. So there's this push for humanitarian aid, $4.6 billion. And uh, the House puts together a bill, but it doesn't go anywhere. The Senate puts forward a bill, but remember, the Senate is controlled by the Republicans, right? House is controlled by the Democrats. The Senate bill passes the Senate like 83 to 9. Some crazy number, bipartisan number. So now it comes to the House. Ocasio-Cortez, Ilhan Omar, Rashida Tlaib, Ayanna Presley, still opposed to it. It gives beds to kids. They're still opposed to it because, the, and they're opposed to it because the Democrats didn't push back hard enough on Mitch McConnell. Whatever. I guess all things are political, and that's what they do. Right? I've got the story right so far. Yes. Uh, Pelosi does an interview at the New York Times talking about this vote and said, listen, they've got their Twitter or public whatever, but in the end, there were, they only had four votes, and it was the four of them. It is game on in terms of flat-out warfare. Absolute game on. Ocasio-Cortez, who, tell me if you agree or disagree, the, the most thin-skinned person in politics today, she can't handle any pushback whatsoever, true or false? True. I think that that is... Uh, I mean, if you disagree, tell me. Very unfair characterization of the face of the Democratic Party today. <laughs> well, this is the conversation, right? Who is in charge of this party? Cortez loses her mind. Her chief of staff, who's a guy who uh, wears the shirts of Nazi sympathizers, loses his mind. And they start going after Pelosi, tweet after tweet after tweet after tweet. So much so that Pelosi has a meeting, right? The Democrats get together and they talk, the caucus. And she's like, if you got a problem, you come to me directly. You don't tweet it out. You come to me. What does Representative Ocasio-Cortez do? She comes out to say, you know, I always thought that uh, Pelosi was keeping the, the, uh, the, the progressive arm or the progressive wing of the party at arm's length. But she's always calling out me and Rashida Tlaib and Ilhan Omar and Ayanna Presley. Uh, isn't it interesting that they're all women of color? She said that out loud? Out loud. About Nancy Pelosi. About Nancy Pelosi. Oh, my God. She called Nancy Pelosi a racist. Somebody had to say it. She is going to have all <laughs> yet. She's going to get primaried. Oh, she's going to get primaried out of her mind. Yeah. Are you kidding? Nancy's so, already got people lined up. 
I I had put out on Twitter, listen, if I was Speaker of the House and someone called me a racist, I'd take away their committee assignments. But that's just me. <laughs> I'm, I'm just one guy. Then it comes, there's this congressional hearing about the border, and Rashida Tlaib and Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez want to testify. Cortez demands to be put under oath. <laughs> and, and, and the guy who runs the committee, Elijah Cummings, he's from Maryland, he's like, that's not, you sure you want to be put under oath? That's not the way to do it. She's like, yes. She wanted the photo op of herself taking the oath and then talking about the border like somehow she knows what she's talking about. The Democrats have now lost their minds about her. It's like, this is the most unprofessional. It's the most juvenile. Who does she think she is? Meanwhile, her chief of staff has compared moderate Democrats to segregationists. <laughs> I give you all that backstory to talk about the total dysfunction in this party. What I can't do is I can't tell you it's going to have any effect on the general. Or on, on, on the primary, I should say. And I'll tell you why in a second. Exactly how screwed up is this party? And is it can it actually have a detrimental effect on them in terms of power, control, and policy? This is an extraordinary time to be alive, Mr. <laughs> Katz. In the last three weeks, we found out that Vice President Joe Biden is a racist. Mm-hmm. Now, Nancy Pelosi not only is not far enough to the left for the new face of the Democratic Party. Nancy Pelosi is now racist. Right. And to take it a step further, anyone who would consider themselves a moderate Democrat, if that even exists anymore, they're just like segregationists. Clearly, this narrative that Trump is dividing the country, there's easy pushback saying, look at the madness going on right now in the Democratic Party where anyone to the right of Nancy Pelosi to some of these people are segregationist racists and have no room in the Democratic Party. I will tell you, we all we all cover, we all watch. We've been doing this political thing for a good long time. Never in my life have I seen anything like this, remotely like this, because this is different than a disagreement about how to go about something. This is very personal. When you're on the political right, if you were to gather five uh, conservatives together, you couldn't get them ag- to agree on where to go for lunch, right? I've been in plenty of rooms where I can't get conservatives to, to agree on things. Very often you find the political left publicly is in lockstep. Right. They're all together on, on whatever it is. The Green New Deal got announced and all of a sudden everyone's like, yes, the Green New Deal. Did you even read it? Green New Deal. Yeah, but have you read about the cow farts? Green New Deal. What about getting rid of airline travel? Green New Deal. They're, they're all like totally in and totally together on this. I, I have never witnessed this level of anger, this level of pointed counterattack, this level of personalization. Cortez and, 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 and the squad towards Pelosi and, and, and others and, and the rest of the Democratic Party towards them. You would have thought that Representative Ocasio-Cortez was invincible six months ago when she was inaugurated. Mm-hmm. Six months. All it took. All it took. All the, uh, all the, the nonstick coating is off the pan. I guess I, I, the shine is off the rose. There's some other expression. What, how, how does this play? Because I'm trying to figure out how this affects the primary. How does this play? Yeah, It drags the Democratic Party during the, the primary season way too far to the left, and it plays 
uh, to what April said earlier, uh, Cortez is going to get primaried. I, I agree. I, it, Nancy Pelosi, you know, I, I think Nancy Pelosi is very underrated. It's very easy for people on the right to sit back and, and you know, she'll get in front of the camera and, and get in front of a microphone and say some silly things sometime and people want to say she's stupid. You don't get to be Speaker of the House by being a dummy. No. And she is Speaker of the House now in many ways because she is a fantastic fundraiser and she can bring in the cash for the Democratic Party. She's calling the shots, and there's no doubt in my mind that Cortez is is going to get primaried, and it's going it, to then then it's really going to get ugly. So because you're going to have just like you did in 2016, where people uh, were upset with um, the establishment Democratic Party for ripping the nomination away from Bernie Sanders, which they did. Now you're going to see the same accusations of the Democratic Party trying to get the AOC out of Congress and stepping in and, and trying to give her the boot. And they are. And and so what I so before we get into the primary thing, I am not sure where left America is on this. Right? First things first, Trump hate is real. Trump hate is the motivator. Trump hate is the unifying factor. Don't deny it. Don't even try. They hate President Trump and it overrides all things. But if you're right, and I believe you are, Fingers, that the reason you got some of these uh, ultra-progressives, can you imagine there's even such a thing, um, <laughs> is, is be, right? I didn't know you could get more ultra than, than Nancy Pelosi, and here I am. Um, how are they going to react to this back and forth? Are they going to say, hey, you guys need to work on getting Trump out of office? Or are they going to say, no, now is our moment. It's our now or never. Let's light the match. Let's burn it all to the ground, which is exactly what happened to get people Donald Trump. That's what happened. Those, those people out there who are sick and tired of the business as usual burnt it to the ground. The Republican Party is only now just beginning to understand this. That it's not that people want to eschew a, a level of conservative values. And, you know, they, there have been people who have gotten Trump to at least govern like a conservative, and to which I'm very, very thankful. But they burned it to the ground. The media still hasn't figured out that they've been burnt to the ground uh, as well. So are, are, are the Democrats really willing to go down this road? And if they are, they're willing to reelect Ocasio-Cortez. I think what you're going to... There are parallels between this 2020 election and what happened in 2004. And it's it's this. Bush, Kerry? Yes. Uh, the amount of hatred for George W. Bush in 2004, I thought was unprecedented. Uh, unprecedented. <sighs> unprecedented? Unprecedented. Until, unprecedented. Uh, you, know, you know, we're seeing what, what's going on with Trump today. And oh, you finished your champagne. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> he did finish all um, The Trump hate now is much worse than the Bush hate in, in 2004. But the Kerry campaign, it seemed a lot of it was wrapped around, I'm not George W. Bush. You should vote for me. I'm not George W. Bush. And I'm wondering if you can fuel an entire campaign based on hatred of your political enemy. And I, I, I think it failed in 2004, and I believe it's going to fail in 2020 because they're probably going to uh, nominate a candidate who is outside of the mainstream, and they didn't learn the lessons from 2016. They're not trying to figure out how to court voters in swing states. It's, their solution is we need to ab abolish the Electoral College. Well, the DNC can't steal the election, the primary. You don't know Two that. Two times in a row. You don't know that. <laughs> You know you don't know that. 
And, and to, to reference what April's talking about, Bernie Sanders had the primary stolen from him by Hillary Clinton. Hillary Clinton controlled the DNC, the Democratic National Committee. She controlled the money. She controlled the flow of, of money. Donna Brazile absolutely helped her with this, and that shouldn't be forgiven. And those Bernie supporters, man, always remember, they're totally right. They're totally right. He got screwed. And, only, and I would say this, and I, I would never vote for the dude. Shame on him for allowing it to happen mm-hmm. and for just sitting there when, when, when uh, Hillary Clinton is singing his praises during the Democratic National Convention and he's just sitting there having to just take it and he's, you could see that he's fuming. Ugh. He literally reinvented that party in terms of policy and the Medicare for all and everything else. He got screwed with his pants on. Yeah. So yes, they could totally, totally do it again. Now, I brought up the primary for a reason. Because right now, in the, in the primary, the, you know, the people running to be the, the presidential candidate for the Democrats, it hasn't touched them yet. But once people like Representative Ocasio-Cortez or Ayanna Presley start mentioning candidates by name and what do they think of this and when will they take a stand on that and when will they oppose Pelosi this and when will they stand up to Trump that, you, if you're a candidate, you're praying that nobody brings up your name. Yeah. Because that's the moment I I'm think. I'm here for it. I'm here for AOC <laughs> running the show or right? thinking she's running the show. Well, because the more left and more crazy and uber progressive they get, the better it is for me and uh, my Trump love. Well, uh, you brought it up a few minutes ago, Tony. They're somewhat controlling the conversation. The whole reason why we're talking about the Green New Deal well, not the whole reason, but a, 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 a big reason why we're, we're talking about the Green New Deal is because of the AOC. Do we have to call her that? Do we have to be the people who do that? You notice I always call her Ocasio-Cortez. I can't bring myself to use the, the nickname. It's, 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 I don't want to be cutesy with this person. She has really terrible ideas. She's got really awful, damaging ideas. And so we're all clear. She associates with anti-Semites both in Congress and out of Congress. She was proud of a conversation she had with Jeremy Corbyn, who is the uh, leader of the Labor Party in the United Kingdom. One of the more virulent anti-Semites out there. Feel free to uh, go to your local search engine and check for yourself. This is She's proud of these associations. I want nothing, nothing to do with her. And she is remarkably thin-skinned. She isn't willing to have a conversation. And uh, so we're also clear, wow, is she radically radically unknowledgeable. Right? I mean, for it, having it, an economics degree. Uh, it's imba- if She's you, stupid. She, she got to Boston College. Is that where she got? Because if she, that, I think that's where she Brown? went. I thought she went to Brown or something. No, yeah. I think she got the economics oh. degree. Oh, she's um, got more than one degree? She has two degrees. <laughs> yeah, she has the economics degree um, from Boston, Boston University. Kids don't waste your money. Yeah. Boston University is where she's got uh, the economics degree. Cum laude from Boston University College of, of Arts and Sciences. That's, that's where uh, she graduated from. Well, so maybe she has the economics degree from somewhere else. The point is, don't send your kids to Boston University. <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> if she can get a degree. Or she, do. It might be easy for them to get a degree. <laughs> what are you eating with your champagne? Cheese and meat. Ah, look at you. I'm when, fancy with the you, charcuterie. You are fancy with the charcuterie. She's an, uh, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez is not bright. She's not bright. She is foolhardy at best. 
The Green New Deal is an absolutely horrific idea. And when we talk about the border, just in case you didn't know, she favors open borders. If you listen to her conversations and get past the hysteria of which she uh, employs the, the speech patterns, she believes in the concept of human mobility. She, belie- she didn't vote for humanitarian aid twice, not because she hates children, but because she doesn't think you should have to give them beds because they shouldn't be in any facility to begin with. There should be no detention. They should be allowed to come in. One of the things that the House bill had in it was this ability for people who come with their kids, adults who come with kids, to pass through without a first-line security check. You're lowering the amount of security to get into the country. So if you're somebody who stole someone's child or you're engaged in sex trafficking, you know how much easier it is it's an easy to pass. engage uh, that, that thing? And that's what Representative Ocasio-Cortez pushed forth. I'm telling you on the policy, not on anything personal, on the policy, she's a bad person. And she is not bright. On policy, she's not bright. That she might know some economics term is different than whether or not you could put it into application. But look at how she has influenced the national conversation between the Green New Deal and now we, in just a few short years, we've gone to the point where we're arguing over whether we should even really have borders at all. I want to put forth to you, and I want to get back to this primary thing in a minute, that she has not influenced a single conversation. Rather, media has influenced a single conversation. Because these people are able to obtain power because an untrained media, completely and totally not objective in the slightest, but biased, was willing to buy in and support and promote everything she said and everything she did because she was this great story about a woman of color and young and a new generation and anti-Trump and coming to power. There is nothing she has done to move a conversation if you were to take a look at the entirety the entirety the beginning to the end the alpha and the omega of the green new deal it is nothing that hasn't been discussed over the past decade by a hundred other people all she did was put it into book report form and hand it out there but you wouldn't say that that influences the conversation i'm talking about the conversation within the democratic party i'm not talking about the nation as a whole just you could quote president barack obama and many other presidents before him saying we are a nation of immigrants, but we're also a nation of laws. Oh, yeah. And you, 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 can't, you can't even say that anymore so without it, being accused it, of being a racist. Right, because it was Obama, it was Biden, it was Clinton, a host of others. It used to be that they were at least understanding of we've got immigration laws and we've got to apply them in the United States. Now that's all gone, and that is an open borders conversation. And no, it is not, Cortez. It has always been. Now it's just more out in the open. And one of the things that I think that is true is that they're very bothered with Cortez and uh, Ilhan Omar, Ayanna Presley, Rashida Tlaib, for being so honest about what it is they've been going for all along. Mm. There's been an open borders conversation in this country for 20 years. There has been a, a conversation about the radicalness of the environmentalist to gain control for the past 20 years. This is not new but right, on so now any the, Democrat, level. the Democrats are not able to control the conversation in the, the way they want because she blew it up with the Green New Deal. And, and that's it. Yeah. And okay, I get it. Her chief of staff just came out the other day and said, we're not really looking at this. I'm paraphrasing. The Green New Deal is not sort of a, a climate change uh, movement, but how we can reorganize the economy. Right. And his name is Saikat Chakrabarty. And he is a 
I mean, he might as well call him a communist. This is a really horrific dude. This, uh, so we're clear. I'm saying, and you can quote me, Jew hater. Um, this is a this is a disgusting man. I mean, the the really low end worst of 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 the worst here. But th- if you talk to people, they've understood uh, who have been paying attention. Everything about the, uh, the, the Green Movement is about wealth redistribution. You have this... Pete Buttigieg put, just put out a plan, right? How he's going to fix racism in America. Thank God. And one of the things is uh, racial justice. Anytime you see something justice, doesn't matter what it is, anytime you see that, it's code for wealth redistribution. How in the world do we make the, the planet safer if we just move money from person A to person B? How does that... And, and you don't move it by voluntarily moving it. You move it by theft, right? So uh, this is why I say the media has given her all this platform without ever asking her solid, strong questions. They have softballed her into a false sense of security where she really does think she's the all-powerful. And the worst part is she believes it. She once said that more people are interested in being factually, semantically correct than being morally right. Right. That is her thesis, and that thesis translated means the ends justify the but, means. But th- that's nothing new either. I mean, how many times have you seen um, a tough interview of Nancy Pelosi on CNN? I mean, oh, they throw, you're adorable. They, they throw softballs at leftists all the time. But now Nancy Pelosi is a racist right winger, you might as well say, to, to some of these people that are uh, throwing criticism at her. It's, 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 it's extraordinary to watch. And that's why I'm curious to see what happens to the party. Because I think until it gets into the primary, until you like, like have to, uh, until Kamala Harris has to comment, I don't know if it changes anything having to do with anything. It's a fight within the party, but I don't think it's a fight that is yet, as of yet, as of this moment, me saying these words is going to destroy the party. And this also goes back to how the media is completely corrupt because if you have the chief of staff of a left-wing darling making ridiculous comments, why isn't the media going up to Democratic presidential hopefuls and asking them to comment on those reactions or uh, of those comments? Like, they certainly would if you had a rising star, say if uh, Dan Crenshaw had a chief of staff that was spouting off some uh, comments that a lot of people thought were radical they would be asking every member of congress on the right their thoughts on crenshaw's chief of staff's remarks and you don't see that on the left whenever someone steps way way off the ledge the media doesn't go to other democrats and say do you support these comments do you agree with these comments it never happens a hundred percent that if a guy like this was working with somebody on the political right he'd already be out of a job 100 percent He'd be out of, 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 a, of a job. It's, it's, it goes without saying. You let your boss pal around with Jeremy Corbyn. You let your boss and you support people like Ilhan Omar. You wear T-shirts of Nazi sympathizers. What else am I supposed to say? You hate Jews. I mean, it's, it's anti-Semitism, plain and simple. That's all it is. How else could it be anything else? Once is, oh my, two is, are you kidding? Three is a pattern. And, we, and it, it should be accepted and realized. And, and never mind those things, um, just the, the, the policies in general. Any, if it was for anybody else, anybody on the, certainly on the political right, already would be out of office. Kellyanne Conway is wearing that shirt. 
Con- Kanye. <laughs> I had one glass you had of one champagne. Cha- this, see, this is why you should drink champagne. It's so much more effective. If Sarah Sanders, Sarah Huckabee Sanders would have been wearing that t-shirt, seen yeah. in public, what would have happened? What would the reaction out would have been? Out. Out, out, out. Now, I gotta, I gotta tell you, you know, it's, it's, I know, I think some, I wonder if some people are gonna get mad at me for saying that he's an anti-Semite. I don't think anyone's gonna get mad at me saying he's an anti-Semite, and I'm fine with it. Well, here's the thing, like, you're not wrong, yeah. so whatever. So I got that going. Let's, I got let's that going uh, for me. Uh, so you're, de- you finished all your champagne, April D. Gregory. And all of your champagne. Yes. <laughs> yes, I see this. Let us get into uh, the, the rosé, shall we? Yes, we shall. This is Eat, Drink, Smoke. Eat, drink, smoke. Tony Katz, April D. Gregory. Fingers on the light. People are weird. You don't, you don't stop recording. You, we, it's amazing. I think that 85% of the segments that we open, there's some sort of crosstalk before. Does that bother you? I now, find, now, see this. I, now this now we is have real. To stop. We're sitting in a bar. I find it highly We're entertaining. We're sitting in a bar. We are sitting in a bar. Yeah. It is Eat, Drink, Smoke. Blend Bar Cigar, Indianapolis, Indiana. Also locations in Nashville, Houston, and Pittsburgh. And they're hiring. So if you need a career, blendbarcigar.com. Uh, We're going to get to the smoke in a second. But I love being here at this time of day. Uh, first of all, it, it's, a, it's a little more open. Not as many people. This place gets crazy crowded. So it's a little easier for, for us to talk. It's just a, a great time of relaxation midday to be having a, a cigar. Uh, and the place feels great. And because Fanimation does all the fans at Blend Bar Cigar, and they should be doing the fans in your living room, in your bedroom, and in your outdoor space. Great sponsor of Eat, Drink, Smoke, Fanimation.com. These are ceiling fans, but they're not just ceiling fans. We're talking remarkable quality, incredible craftsmanship, and customizable. How do you want the blades to look? How long do you want them to be? Uh, What kind of speeds do you want from your fan? What kind of lighting are you interested in? Indoor, outdoor, whatever it is, Fanimation. They're the ones who can help you have an incredible experience in your home because there's nothing worse than one of those fans where you don't know when it's going to fall on your head or it's making that buzzing sound or anything else. Fanimation fans don't do that. They are great, and they're right here in Indiana, uh, but you can get them all across the country, Fanimation.com. Thrilled that they're uh, a sponsor. I am actually working on a new outdoor space, and all those outdoor fans are going to be Fanimation. Moving forward on getting, not it's not, not going to be like a, an addition, like, like some of us have done. Fingers <laughs> uh, it's going to, <laughs> it's basically we're doing a, a covered patio and I'm installing restaurant heaters from the ceiling, you know, running the gas lines and putting them in so I can smoke out there nice. 10 months out of the year. Uh, and then Fanimation fans, Fanimation.com. Love these people. And as we do the smoke, so Blend is one of those places where some of the newest things out there end up here first. And there is a show in Vegas that you may have never heard of with cigars called the IPCPR. I have been to one in my life. And the IPCPR is unbelievable. The International Premium Cigar and Pipe Retailers. This is basically cigar porn. It is every cigar manufacturer out there. Everybody is smoking. And I went because I was writing for a magazine where I lived in Los Angeles. And it was like, oh, I'll try that. Oh, I'll try that. I walked away with like 100 some odd cigars. It's nuts. Why am I just finding out about this? Because it's not open to the public. There's a whole conversation about how they'll eventually Media. open to the public. Media. Oh, we could have gone, couldn't we? Do you know who we are? We could have. Media. We're the we- number one eat, drink, smoke podcast in America. <laughs> 
We the number one cigar podcast it didn't in America. It didn't dawn on me that we could have gone. It didn't dawn on me. I am terrible at this. Our leader We should have gone. Where so was it? I in Vegas. Bad. I oh, know I you could have. Corey Johnson's here, uh, the owner of Blend. It was in Vegas? It was in Vegas. Why? why you, it's always, clearly it's in, you hate it's me. It's in Vegas or it's in Florida, right? They do Orlando. Vegas. Next year's Las Vegas. Oh, next year's Vegas? And um, they're also going to do a open to the public first day. Okay, so only one day. All right, all right. So we're calm down. This cigar that we're doing, the, the Avo uh, here, comes from uh, the, the IPCPR. This is the Avo Unexpected, and there are four different kinds of them, and uh, April's a huge Avo fan. Uh, there's the celebration, there is uh, the, the moment, the tradition, and the passion. We are smoking the passion, which is 25-year-aged uh, tobacco, and I know uh, I'm going to steal you, Corey, for a second. Corey owns Blend Bar Cigar, uh, our, our lovely host here. I know that you've always carried the Avo line here. I know that you've always been a, a, a fan of it. But you've got a Peruvian cigar in this new line. Um, you've got a couple other things uh, going on, some, some Dominican stuff uh, that, that's happening. Um, is, is it... When, when they do something like this and they introduce four new lines and, the, and you know, the, the, all the bands are a little bit the same but slightly different in color... Is it marketing, or is there really something here to what it is that they're making? Absolutely, it's it's, uh, it's something unique because the uh, the cigar, the tobacco, is limited to only I think two thousand boxes. So there's only twenty thousand cigars. So um, the tobacco is limited uh, from different farms. So this really is a unique, like this year's seasonal uh, blend of tobacco that they, they discovered. And, and once it's gone, it's gone. So it's, it's legit. It's not just uh, marketing. Right. And this is a six by 50, which is, which is great yeah. to me. That's the right kind of length bigger, bigger. You wouldn't call this a, this isn't a Robusto. It's bigger no, than a Robusto. Toro. Toro. It's Toro size. Um, I, I find that when I get any, the fives, five inch cigars, right? So 50 refers to the ring gauge, how fat it is around. And then the other number refers to the length. So whenever a six or more is usually where I find a good uh, comfort level uh, to, to be in. Um, everything with Avo is always, it's always a wonderful bit of smoothness. I've always found a, a, a fine level of, of creaminess uh, uh, with, with this. Now, there are some, like if you go with the blue label, which is called the moment, that's going to be a, a little more uh, Dominican. So you're going to get more spice out of this. This I'm finding wonderfully sweet, enjoyably sweet. And the first thing that Fingers pointed out is, man, that's an easy draw. It is. Uh, price point? How much is this a stick? Eleven bucks. Oh, nice. please! Eleven bucks. So this should be in your humidor on a regular, regular basis. Now, now there are many avos. We've done the lounge. We've done a whole host host of them. Um, avo is a great one to have in your humidor because it works for everything. It'll work for the bachelor party. It'll work for the golf course. It'll work for uh, your father-in-law coming over. It'll work for friends. It'll work for an office party. There's really, really no place where you're going to go wrong. Someone's not going to go, oh, just Avo. No one's going to do that. They do a good job. This is, this is very lovely. Um, right now, off the top, right, we're just into the first third of it. Always break your cigars up first third, second third, and final third in terms of how much you smoked. This is very easy. I, I, I have a tiny bit of spice, but nothing that's, that's overwhelming me here. Um, hold on. I'm going to... Now, to me, it's a touch earthy, but I could just be in, in the mood, right? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to wait for it to kind of open up a little bit and see where we are. And while we're doing this, we've moved on to the... We didn't get to the rosés yet. We're still into the chardonnays. 
We might not. We might have to wait until the snack size to get to the rosé. We are doing a double T 2016 Napa Valley Chardonnay. Good lord! Are you kidding? Look at that. So that's a beautiful color uh, right there. It's going to be a touch spicy. Got a bit of uh, toasty oak, and and the maybe one of the best ways I've ever heard this described: juicy mouthfeel. Which is also, if, if that's the best name for a band in the world. I was going to say, I saw Juicy Mouthfeel open for TLC back in 96. <laughs> it was a fantastic show. Now, what's interesting, I think that's, that's kind of an interesting pairing mm. with uh, the, the Avo here, right? Uh, because I'm not sure how I feel about anything spicy going with this. It's um, not that spicy. It's not that spicy? Mm-mm, not at all. Uh, do you, it, it's never, I mean, it's Chardonnay. You, it's not going to be that spicy. You get toasty oak. Do you, do you feel that? I'm telling you. I I'm, always get the, when I'm drinking a, a, a white wine, I always get the, the fruity notes. I'm terrible at doing the flavors out of wine. Cigars, I can get pretty close. Like, you can definitely tell this is peach in it. Um, and, and that's about. So when it says juicy mouthfeel, you. you're getting peach. Yeah, it's, it's, it's still sweet. It's still sweet and it's uh, refreshing, actually. So Ano- I, I think another good, good warm day kind of yeah kind of, I, th- uh, I, I think this is good I wasn't expecting to like it and I like it which which is an interesting again with the cigar because the cigar is not going to overpower which is which is what you don't you know you, sometimes let's say you go strength for strength you don't want to overpower the the drink here let me the nose has a touch of fruit but it, it's not overwhelming me um I I I actually want to say the nose is sugar cookie, but I, 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 there's no way I'm right about that. Try it. No, no. Just do the nose. Bring it in. You're not right about the sugar Ah, you're so terrible. Hold on. That's what I'm getting. Ooh. Well, gosh, that's easy. Yeah, very easy. I think it works well because the cigar is stronger and, and the... Chardonnay is light and easy, but the cigar's not strong. I think it's a. I think it's. I think it's heavy. Do you really? Yeah. See, this is the part that's fascinating. Nothing about this hits me as a. I say this is right now is maybe a medium, maybe a medium. Hold on, that, you got to see us. We're the we're smoking in the left hand, we're drinking in the right. This really is the best gig in radio, <laughs> isn't it? Okay, the wine is actually really good because I'm going to say this the wrong way. It's not overly whiny, right? It's not hitting me with any dryness. It's not hitting me as oversweet. It's not hitting me with, 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 a, with a punch of alcohol. It's just wonderfully simple. Mm-hmm. This, this show has really opened my eyes to uh, how you can enjoy wine. When we had, you had Drew on, your friend. Drew Maddich, right? right? We did Great that whole wine, wine episode about a month ago, I think it was. He, uh, we had some great wine then, and I, I've never been one to go to a bar and order wine, or you know, when I'm having a steak at a restaurant, say, you know what, uh, what wine goes good with this? But I have to tell you, this this is really opening my eyes because this is very pleasant. It's not. I was expecting it to be really again like the champagne. I was expecting it to be really sweet, and it's it's not. It's not. Now this is the double T. I'm just actually looking at the back of the bottle where they give a little description of it. You want to know how close we are? You think I'm crazy? I'm not crazy. Um, Peach and nectarine aromas lead to notes of baking spices, toasty oak, and a juicy mouthfeel. Now, the juicy mouthfeel I had read to you. 
I didn't read baking spices. And I said sugar cookie. I am, I am so on it. So on it. But that's funny. I, don't, I taste fruit, but I would not have said peach. You taste, the, you taste that as peach, April? Yeah, I do. Are either mm. one of you getting tarragon? <laughs> I smell cumin. KFC. A little cumin. There's a little KFC in there. Mm, extra crispy is, is what there is. Um, last week, Fingers and I had a, a disagreement. A bit of a disagreement where he uh, said that if you lick a carton of ice cream, you shouldn't go to jail. I did not say that. He said if you lick a carton of ice cream and then put it back in the freezer shelf, you should, you should be given an award. Fake news. Okay. Then how, did, then how did you say it? I said I thought it was ridiculous that there was a possibility of a 20-year jail sentence for something like that. You do something like that, you need to go to jail. But 20 years, there are people who, who murder people who don't spend 20 years in jail. Well, first and foremost, um, they should spend 20 years in jail. Of course. And so should the woman who licks the Bluebell ice cream and puts it back on the shelf. And now there are copycats and people doing this everywhere. The latest isn't ice cream. There is a video of a woman walking into uh, a, a frame of a video camera and behind her is an entire bank Shelves and shelves of mouthwash. She takes the mouthwash, uh, Listerine. Sorry, Listerine. Takes it. By the way, Listerine would be a great sponsor for this right. podcast, don't you think? We're smoking. We're drinking. That's what I like about Blend. They have Listerine in the bathroom. They if you do want to freshen actually. up a little bit. But I yeah. don't ever mind it. My wife totally digs it. Do you have you ever when you kiss a guy, April? Does the thank c- you for does asking, a cigar, April. Does a cigar? Uh, you're welcome. Does a cigar breath bother you? I. Don't know. You don't kiss enough guys who smoke cigars. Apparently. Well, you should work on that. My wife loves it. My wife absolutely, positively loves. It. I know some people are. Like, what can I say? I'm not good. I know some guys. Uh, they're like, oh, my, my wife won't even talk to me. I gotta, I gotta take off all my clothes at the door, burn them in some kind of sacrificial pyre, you know, uh, and then, uh, and then I have to, to shower like it's silkwood. And then finally, I can say did hello. You, did you just pull a Silkwood reference out of your ass? I'm is not that good. Just what happened here? I'm, I'm world class, man. I do this for a living. What Let me go back Silkwood? to Listerine, girl. Um, what happened here is she takes the Listerine, opens it up, and then takes a swig, puts it directly back on the shelf. Well, at least she didn't backwash into it. Oh, she did. Oh, she did. She put it all That's, back into the bottle. She spit it back into the bottle. Oh, my God. She spit it back into the bottle and put it on there. The video has 17.8 million views. 17.8 million views. And now they're, they're, they're looking for her. She, she's going to go to jail, too? Maybe. What do you mean, maybe? Let me ask you this question. Because, first of all... She walks up to the Listerine, grabs it. It just opens the bottle. There's no plastic safety wrap around it. There's a safety wrapper on it. You look closely at that. It was already open before. So she set that up. I think it's whole, the whole thing's set up. So what if they find her and she says, here's the receipt. The day I, I bought that bottle, I went back after I did it and I bought oh. the bottle. Then what are you going to do? So now people are doing the videos just for the, I'm you know, what's in giggles. I'm just a theory out there. I mean, uh, okay. look at me. I'm edgy. 
and then you went back and you grabbed that bottle, and you know it's the bottle that you spit in because it doesn't have the plastic wrap around it anymore, mm. and then you go and you pay for it and you walk out of the store. So now that begs the question, even though that's not the correct use of the phrase, what do you believe? Why pay attention to any of these videos? Oh, look, there's a moron. That's- I was trying not to. I was. I, I, I did my best to avoid. I did not watch the ice cream lick video. I saw it in my feed. I was grossed out, and it kept showing up and showing up and showing up. And I'm like, I'm not looking. Scroll, scroll, scroll. I can't. I'm going to gross out. It is gross. There was a story of, of another woman back in June who not only was uh, defiling ice cream, she actually urinated into an ice cream maker. And that's why, why, do we, why do we go out to eat That's anywhere? why I eat custard. This is why you eat at home. <laughs> this is why you eat at home. No, I, it, it, and this is this is bred a bunch of copycats. There was a video a couple days ago circulating, and it looked like I'm not going to mention the the pizza chain, but it looked like a very popular pizza chain, and a, a guy making a pizza spit on the crust before he put the sauce on it, and then the video went up on on the internet. So it's spurring all of these copycats. Uh, the question needs to be asked and we need to have a serious conversation how much jail time does someone should someone get for doing because this the fast food stuff is nothing new really doing it or fake doing it okay now i gotta think about the fake doing it yes it's fake doing right? it a crime so well I'm, i'll say it this way i think there might be a conversation about whether or not by doing this you create public panic even if you didn't actually do the thing. If she bought the bottle, right, that then she didn't leave it back up there for somebody else to be damaged, but she can create a public panic, and certainly Listerine has a case, don't they, on defamation? I'm I'm assuming they can, right? That's not not how they want their product used, and maybe they've got the right, and certainly the store itself, whether it was a supermarket or CVS, whatever the the place was. But if it's fake, well, then... I think the only answer, the only answer is to set YouTube on fire. <laughs> you were just looking for an excuse to do that anyway. Oh, I hate those people so much. I hate them so much. Uh, what's his name? Zuckerberg. Facebook just got a $5 billion fine from the FTC, the Federal Trade Commission, over data privacy. And by the way, I'm, we're on Facebook. We do a live stream of, of, of Eat, Drink, Smoke, uh, facebook.com slash Tony Katz Radio. We've got facebook.com slash Eat, Drink, Smoke. Uh, Fingers Malloy Radio on Facebook. We're all over uh, the, the the place. They got a $5 billion fine because of data privacy practices. You know how much they're worth? Do you know how much? $535 billion. Do you think they give a damn? Does anything change over a $5 billion fine? Or is this just the, like, like finally the government has the opening to be able to do the breaking up of Facebook that they always wanted to do, but they don't know how to do? They don't, even, they don't know how to break up this. Co- I don't know how to break up this company. What do you break it up into? Where well, does that here- five billion dollars go? Will it go to our debt? <laughs> It'll go for the wall. That's. <laughs> I was there. That would be amazing. Uh, I. That's a good <laughs> Screw question. Screw you, Mark. Wall. That's funny. Uh, that is a good question to which I have absolutely no idea. Where does the five billion? That's a big chunk of money. That's why right? I was wondering. Like that's more than five million. I wouldn't blink an eye, but five billion. What's the FTC's budget? Well, five billion dollars more. Right. It makes you I, I, that's a good question. It should go to debt. They're getting some steak dinners. Some some what? Steak dinners. Oh, is that what you said? I don't think that's what you said. I'm pretty sure. That is what I said. All right. You said dinners. Dinners. You, oh, you're also done with the wines. It's two glasses of champagne. 
and a bottle of the double T Napa Valley Chardonnay 2016 here at Blend Bar Cigar. Uh, yeah, so so if all, what do you trust anymore? I mean, what do you trust? If people are faking these kinds of things, and by the way, I don't think the first ice cream person is faking. I want her to do jail time. I want her to be in jail because it does create a, a level of insanity. We now, need maybe to use I, her as an example. I, I'm, I'm make totally an example out of her. I'm 150% fine with using her as an example. You can't, you can't do this stuff. You can't treat people this way. And I do think it creates panic. I do think it creates a, 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 a giant levels of mistrust. And maybe the answer is, you know what? Don't trust anything you see. The, you know, we talk about deep fakes. You know what deep fakes are, right? The ability of, to use technology to make it seem like a famous person is saying things they're not actually saying or doing things they're not actually doing. And it's frightening how good these things have become. And there's going to come moments where you're going to have to question whether or not a leader said X, Y, or Z. Or revenge porn. Oh. I mean, there, there's technology out there now. You can put anybody's face on someone else's body and make it look realistic. And that's happening right now. Is that happening in the revenge porn? Because revenge yes. porn is ugly. Like, I'm, I'm never a guy who favors another law. I'm glad there are laws about this. You can't be like, oh, you broke up with me, so now I post this video. By the way, don't make sex videos. I can't say no. Don't make sex videos. How many more times? If I can teach my children anything... Hold on. Are you getting on? Are you taking notes? I'm deleting stuff. Oh, is that <laughs> it? <laughs> it's it, it's only going to end in Just total keep disaster. Keep it in the reel of your mind. Right. I want to say, for the record, never. I have never done it. I think I've said this before. I don't even sext. Have you ever sexted? I don't sext. No. Fingers does. To myself. Self sexting. Oh it's my a. God. Make you go blind. <laughs> Give you hairy palms. Oh my god. Holy cow. What is happening here? Holy cow, my gosh. By the way, this cigar is lovely. (laughs) (laughs) Um no, it is actually. It's um it's it's a nice mid-brown color. Uh, I'm just now starting to get to the second uh third. Actually, I'm still in the first third. I'm in the second uh, third uh, of this. Um but I isn't that the, we'll go, we'll go no, ahead. I was going to say, I'm not getting overwhelmed by a series of, of, of notes here. Does mine seem too fiery? You mean, is it, is it running too hot? Yeah. Um, let me see. I wonder if that's altering the flavor for me. Is, is, is it feeling hot? Is, 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 it, is it feeling hot like when you, when you, when you draw? I, I mean, kind of. I just feel like I'm getting... Uh, so, so when that happens, it could be a couple... Like, ash that real quick. See if you can. Ash it hard. Like, actually... There's not much there to ash. Yeah, but I wanted to see where you were. Because sometimes if there is like a tube, like if you take a look, do you see right there? You got a little tube. Oh, yeah. That's getting more air in, and that could be making things run hotter. Okay. That can happen. Um, and I don't have a good workaround for that. Uh, but it, it, listen, it's part of the, the art of the thing, right? Part yeah. of, actually, if you take a look at mine, look right there. Mm-hmm. So that, that's an interesting thing with the wrap. It hasn't affected me yet at all. I don't feel like it's too hot, but you're much closer getting into that final third Mm -hmm. than I am. Um, That's something to look out for, for sure. Because sometimes when that happens, it affects draw and it can affect the heat. And if you feel like you're, you're, uh, you know, doing a, your draw is fire. That's not a comfortable feeling. That is not a comfortable feeling at all. So keep an eye on that. See if you can't give it a little bit of a roll, a little bit of a pinch and see if you can move that. See if I can work it out. Might be able to help. Um, 
one other story to get to. And this is, a, I'm sorry. This is about the U.S. women's national team, the soccer team, which I'm exhausted by. And I'm exhausted by Ugh. Megan Rapinoe. Is, is the new World Cup starting already? <laughs> oh, my God. And, I, and, I, and I'm not getting into this hero conversation about her. She can believe what she wants. And for someone to say that... She de- deserves this, Tony. She deserves this. Who are you yelling at? I'm right here. That's what she said. She, wait, she said, she, she I say- deserve this. Is that what she said? At the parade, the ticker tape parade in New York, which was really like confetti, they're riding. She's holding the trophy. Camera gets in her face and says, Megan, what do you have to say? And she says, I deserve this. She's holding the trophy. And the camera's like, you deserve what? She's like, I deserve this. No. Like she was like, she looked like she was drunk, but she's just like. Which is okay. Which, whatever. (laughs) But she's just like, I deserve this. And then so some people are like, okay, uh, it's a team thing. But then like the women's empowerment are like, yes, you do deserve this. No, you won this. You won. Yeah. You didn't deserve well, it. Wasn't you that won an, it. Wasn't that an individual trophy, like, though? <laughs> well, she was. You no. deserve it because you won, she but won like you have boot. to win. Because she was the best player of, I think of that, the that's, tournament. That's a, I thought that was the trophy she was holding, but maybe I'm wrong. No, she didn't. but she didn't deserve it. She earned it, right? She right. couldn't have started the competition by saying, I deserve this. No, she proved with six goals during the competition uh, that, that she earned it. And it could have gone to one or two other people, but she's not the story. Carly Lloyd is the story. Carly Lloyd is the story because she, also a member of that World Cup team, she's 37, by the way. I assume she's going to retire sometime soon. I only assume. She's really, really good. She is at a J-Lo concert. That's Jennifer Lopez, in case you didn't know, April D. Gregory. I, I know you're know. not. I know you're not up with the cultures. I'm happy to help you. Thank you. She's at the concert, and Jennifer Lopez is like, World Cup winner Carly Lloyd and brings her on stage. Alex Rodriguez, who is uh, Lopez's fiance, you know, helps her on to the stage. And on stage, it turns out it's, it's Carly Lloyd's birthday, or it's about to be her birthday, so Jennifer Lopez got her a present, quote-unquote. And the present was her and two of her backup dancers giving Carly Lloyd a lap dance. <laughs> April, stop applauding. Oh, my God. Uh, uh, Awkward. Uh, for, first, in case you're asking the question, uh, Carly Lloyd is not a lesbian. She is married she to is, a man. She is married. Uh, and secondly, I don't know. I guess that's the way to say happy birthday now. Did Lopez assume she was a lesbian? I don't know what she assumed. I don't know why. <laughs> you all right there, fingers? Fine. You're going to be good? Smooth. Yeah. <laughs> Breathing in. I'm not sure. I'm not sure what she thought or, or why she thought it. I have, the, the best part of the story is after that's all said and done, Jennifer Lopez did a duet with her 11-year-old daughter on stage who supposedly can sing and like sing really well. Which, you know, g- good on her, because uh, you're well, getting great opportunities. Um, there's, there's video of this, and I, the yeah. video is awkward. Like, Carly Lloyd was just sitting there like, what is happening right now? Right. What is going on? You could right. tell she was very... Uh, it, it is not hot. No. It's not hot at all. And uh, Carly is like not... It, it was weird. Yeah, it was it's, awkward. It's, it's like very much like blink twice if you're being held against your will. Yes. I was disgusted all six times I watched it. <laughs> but, no, it, you're right. It was it was weird. I don't want a lap dance from J-Lo. What? When you say it that way, is there somebody you want a lap dance from? Um, Carrie Underwood. 
That's if you're talking about singers, that, no, I don't want to lap dance for anybody, anybody at all. No, the first one was true. Carrie Underwood. Yeah, that's what I thought. <laughs> that was the id. I don't know if that's the ego or the. I think it was the id in terms of who was speaking. It's so strange and awkward. Why? Why would this be the thing that? Like, what made Jennifer Lopez think? Like, you know what? Yeah, what made her this do that? This is the thing I want to do. Yeah, you can just call her on stage and. and the crowd would have gone wild, like this is Carly Lloyd. Blah, blah. The crowd would have loved it. Then you do this weird lap dance. Like, well, who she, wants that? I heard that she thought about singing her song, but that would be awkward. So she decided to go with the lap dance. Instead. I know uh, that would be so weird if she sang a song. Oh my god! And then Jennifer Lopez sits on Carly Lloyd's lap <laughs> and sings a version of "If You Had My Love," which goes back to 1999. I don't understand. I don't. I. I, I do not understand what has happened here. I don't understand why this is... Does J-Lo take like, something before her show? I don't know, it, but it's, it, it really does look like a mistake. Like, she, she should say, you know what, that was dumb of me. That, that's not, that's, it's not, it wasn't edgy, it wasn't cool. The only scenario, which I think this would have been not awkward, would have been if Carly was a lesbian. Well, I, that, that's the thing that I'm I... I'm not sure about that because either. Because generally, it's just... Lap dances are about sexual attraction and whatnot, right? And, like, well, no, no, but in this case... You lap dance with the person or, or something, but... Oh, in this case, I think it's worse, right? Because whether or not she's a lesbian is totally inconsequential, actually, to no, the story. No, it is, but you like, invite she her might have on stage, it. If- you put her on stage, you sit her down in a chair, She's she might be nervous, she doesn't know what to do, she doesn't want to offend you, and you take this opportunity to do this to her. If it was a male performer doing this... Humiliating. If it's a male performer doing this, they're getting hashtag me too'd to the bitter, bitter, bitter end. Mm-hmm. Right? What if the, the singer's gay, though? I, uh, it's well, getting yeah. more and more difficult. Yeah. It's 2019. It's difficult everything, these days. everything is. Do you think maybe the problem isn't what JLo did, but the fact that uh, this soccer player, along with the two of you, just aren't woke enough? Think maybe that's the problem? I don't think this is a question of me being woke. I think woke it's a question of this is weird. It's just, it's just weird. weird, man. I That's, don't know how you could watch that video and not think it was weird. There was no... And not sexy. It wasn't, wasn't sexy. sexy. It was weird. Carly clearly was not having fun. Like, if, if she would have been drunk or something and, like, been into it and dancing also, like, then you would have known she... She felt cool with it, and she was having fun. But there was no fun being yeah. had by the but person that's sitting the in the chair. That's the problem too. I, I, part of the awkwardness is anybody going to a J Lo concert to begin with. Uh, but, be, but but besides that, I mean, this is entertainment in twenty. You wouldn't see Carly Simon doing that in the seventies, pulling someone up on stage and doing a, a lap dance kind of weird thing. I mean, this, true. In the seventies, she just would have done a line of coke in the middle of her show, right? And kept on and going. Been fine, right? Talking about her uh, weird rendezvous with James Taylor. Doing it all. <laughs> Let's hope there's no video of that. You somewhere there might be a video of that. Somewhere that that might. Ex- Do you know who we're talking about? James Taylor and Carly Simon. April. Yes, right, I, I think. Should. I think. <sighs> it gets better and better. That's April D. Gregory. Find her on the Twitter box. April D. Gregory in the Smart Girl Politics Podcast over there at ricochet.com. Fingers Malloy Radio on Facebook. The Enough Already Podcast. The Snark Factor podcast as well and of course Tony Katz radio 
on Facebook. Slowly but surely, TonyCats.com is coming along. We're actually starting to post. I'm testing things. I do it live, right? I'm not, I'm not worried about it. We're going to have a whole huge launch coming soon, but slowly but surely, getting things together and getting things going. Facebook, Tony Katz Radio. Instagram, Tony Katz. The podcast is growing because of you. You got to go to Eat, Drink, Smoke on Apple Podcasts and write a review and give it a five-star review. You got to do both. Can I bring it all back right here? Yeah, sure. Uh, To help you out, April, James Taylor starred in the movie Silkwood. Oh. There you go. That's not true at all. I had had to actually go through the Rolodex and be like, wait a second. Wait a second. Unless he is also Sissy Spacek. (laughs) The answer is no. By the way, go check out Silkwood. (laughs) Not easy. Not an easy movie, people, at all. Uh, five-star review on Apple Podcasts. Glenn Bar Cigar, Indianapolis, Indiana. Uh, they're in Nashville. They're in Houston. They're in Pittsburgh. Check them out. This is Eat, Drink, Smoke. <laughs> <laughs>